Welcome everyone to today's daily directional. These are navigational messages that help keep us pointed in the right direction. I'm Pastor Bethany, and I'm a learner, listener, and noticer of God. This podcast is a part of the Storytellers Collective. You can find us online at www.storytellerscollective.org. We believe God's story, as told through the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. We also believe our lives are a story that matters. When we begin to see the very real places where God's story and our stories intersect, we unlock wonder, worship, and a hope that communicates truly good news. Every day, we desire to turn our focus, our faces, our eyes, our hearts toward the God that our souls love. We choose to seek first the kingdom of heaven and believe the promise that our physical and emotional needs will be met by God. Our God is Father, Provider, Deliverer, Friend, Advocate, Anchor, Redeemer, Leader, and Guide. He graciously walks beside us every step of every day. He is our true north, our bright morning star, a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Well, hello and welcome to day four, talking about James chapter one, verses one through 18. Today, I'm going to read that passage in the New International Version one more time, and then we will dig into some content. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. 
Today I find my attention being drawn toward this crown of life that James is talking about in verse 12. Crowns in the ancient world were given to victors in athletic races. And usually in that kind of space, they would look like laurel wreaths or something, greenery. Crowns were also worn by dancers to celebrate or by actors and orators while they performed to sort of dress up things. They might wear a crown of roses on their head, for example. Crowns were worn by priests at special festivals and they were worn in marriage ceremonies. They had all kinds of ways that they represented unity their unity between a person and their God or unity between a man and a woman. There's a particular kind or type of wreath or crown that comes to my mind when uh, I begin thinking of believers who are receiving this crown of life from God. And it happens to come to mind right now because I went on this awesome trip with my daughter back in June to Greece. Uh, We went on this trip with my previous seminary. And so it was based on some of Paul's missionary journeys through the area. But at the same time, we were also seeing and studying a lot of ancient history. And we went to a particular space, a grave that had been uncovered from some kings in ancient Greece. And we got to see these really incredible, very detailed crowns that were made out of silver and gold and precious materials. So one ancient burial custom in Greece when a king died was to put together a very elaborate golden imperishable wreath. This is another, I think that it is the Apostle Paul that uses that word that that will gain a crown that is not perishable, but imperishable. They were made to be placed on their kings and queens' heads when they passed away. The Greeks would utilize plant leaves and the fruit as representations of whatever god or goddess the kings and queens represented. And in their culture, They were not only leaders as kings and queens, but they were also considered priests to this particular god or goddess that they had pledged their allegiance toward. And the fact that these wreaths were made out of materials that would last, like gold or silver, really did lean into their belief that there was an eternal destiny, there was an afterlife, and they were going to continue to be kings and queens in that space. The believers in these particular gods would wear their crowns in order to worship. So a priest might wear it during a festival, and that's why it was at death too. A sign of worship, a sign of homage to this particular god that they were linked with. And it also signified fellowship with them, fellowship with them in life and in death. And I think understanding that, knowing that James's audience would know because they're from the ancient world, what this meant, this wreath or crown to them as people in their culture was important. So I think that this metaphor of James, where he says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That we can gain and glean and gain from this verse that we will be victorious. We should be living knowing that we will receive a reward, that our win will be known and it will be acknowledged by God. We're to remember that there's a prize at the end of this toil, at the end of this trial. I also think that it represents that we're to remember that we're the bride of Christ. This wreath may be used within our marriage ceremony. We're royalty and we're priests of God. 
or a chosen people, a holy priesthood, a royal nation. And we're headed toward life and reward and position that can't be taken from you in this life to come, in the space that is heaven. And two additional just pictures come to mind for me. These come from scriptures in other spaces. I think about heaven and the promise that scripture gives us of trees that are sporting every kind of fruit all the time that's always in bloom and always in season. And that these particular trees are full of leaves that are for healing. Can you imagine our imperishable crowns that are made with these kind of leaves? And the second picture is the crown of our Savior Jesus. The crown that we know was actually a mocking one, a crown of thorns. Remembering that he wore that particular crown so that we don't have to. So that our crowns will be made of gold. I believe that James' goal with this section of this first portion of chapter one is to encourage us toward perseverance, to keep going, to not stop, to remember that we will be blessed. Let's read it one more time. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Well, remember yesterday I was talking about repetition and loops and well, this is verse 12, but let's go all the way back up to the beginning of the letter. And in verse two, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So consider it again with me one more time. Trials produce perseverance. Perseverance produces perfection and maturity. And then when we get to the point where we have passed the tests and the trials of this life with faith, when we have persevered all the way to the end, we can know and sit in peace that we will be rewarded.